Our next guest is Chisago Lakes head coach Dave Bergen. He is making his first trip to the state tournament as the bench boss of the Wildcats. Dave, first of all, how are you? I'm doing good, actually. I'm feeling great today. You mentioned that you took the entire week off of work. Is it safe to say that you are excited? Uh, excited probably be an understatement. I, I'm uh, elated that we're in this situation, to be honest with you. We knew we had a shot at it, but, you know, it's always a dream. And then when the reality came, it was like, wow, here we are. So it's been a crazy last few days, to say the least. And uh, now we're just trying to, to settle in and get prepared to, to actually go play in it. So. For sure. So the first game of the season, you played the defending state, multi-time defending state champion, Breck Mustangs. I know it was the first game of the year. A lot can change over a couple of months, but do you still feel like that first game was a pretty good litmus test of what this Chisago Lakes team could accomplish down the road? Absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, we knew going into that game, I mean, it's been our goal ever since Breck beat us in the section quarters back. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but they beat us 10, nothing. And we had them zero, zero after the first period. And the other teams were coming in going, is the game even started yet? And it was kind of one of those moments where we went, Hey, you know what? We competed with them for one period and you know, then the wheels kind of fell off, but it was like, Hey, if we can compete one period, if we can string together in the next few years competing with them two periods and three periods, maybe we can beat that team. And so, you know, it's been our goal. I mean, we talk about it every single year, uh, you know, throughout the year, almost probably too much sometimes. (laughs) And to go into that game, uh, I'll tell you what, our girls knew they had a chance and they just had the right mindset and everything clicked together for us. But there's no doubt that it set the tone for the rest of our season. I mean, you know, you go into a game like that, you lose a game like that, boy, it could, certainly you know start off the season and maybe you head down a downward spiral but for us to start that game or to start the season that way with that game was pivotal pivotal in our season for sure this is the this is the last question I'll ask about Breck is that the best 6 and 11 team that you've played in the section playoffs uh, without a doubt um you know i i thought that they were heavily underseeded um you okay, know good. I, so I, did we <laughs> I thought they should have for sure been the three seed, um, if not the two, you know, and and then, you know, overall record, you know, sometimes the coaches will take that into account. And, you know, Orno was, uh, you know, had had more wins than they did, you know, even though they didn't play as tough of a schedule. But, you know, strength of schedule has got to be looked at for sure, right? I mean, they played, I mean, granted, they lost, what, seven or eight of their last regular season games, but they were all against double-A opponents. And, you know, that was a, they're, they're a heck of a hockey team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, they were definitely underseeded. And it, we certainly didn't want to play them in the first round of the playoffs. But looking back at it, you know, it was probably the best thing that we played them in the semis versus the finals, to be honest with you. Let's talk about that final game. And uh, and I know uh, Peter was there firsthand. I was back here at the office kind of manning the rest of the world, if I felt like. <laughs> but talk us through, like, how you saw that end of that the overtime, the, the penalty, the bench. Their bench goes low nuts, bananas. What, tell, just to walk us through your eyes of how you saw how that, that overtime kind of transpired and, and turned out to be the game winner. Well, you know, I guess that even starts back a little earlier for me, if you don't mind me going back there. No, you know, we don't. were down two nothing, and you know, at that point, we could tell. Uh, you know, we were the girls were nervous. I mean, with the exception of Danny Burnett, not one of our players or our coaches had ever coached 
in a section final game. Other than our strength and conditioning coach, she's up in our stands, but she had been in, in a section final game like that, but no, no one else had besides Danny Burnett, I think two years ago at, at Blaine. And so the nerves are high, obviously. We get down 2 nothing, but to score that goal with 30 seconds left in the second period was was a turning point because we knew at that point we've come back before in previous games that, hey, we got a shot at this. And that was kind of the message in the locker room. Hey, we're only down one. The momentum shift is ours. We're, we're, we're going to win this thing. And so when we tied it up to go 2-2, I thought, you know, it was kind of one of those moments where it's 2-1, next goal is going to win this game. If we tie it up, we're going to win. If they go up, you know, uh, 3-1 at that point, we're probably going to lose. And so when we tied it up, it was like, okay, here we go. And, and Orno, I mean, we, you know, our goaltender, Anna Hansen, shut down a ton of amazing opportunities they had in the third period. And I thought, oh boy, we got to hold on tight here. And it was kind of that bend, don't break kind of mindset. But we just kept kind of plugging away. And, you know, we got it to go to overtime. And, you know, usually overtimes, you know, in hockey, they're usually settled in the first couple minutes or they can go on forever, right? Yep, yep. And so we're, we're down to what I think was somewhere around the 240 mark or whatever. And, 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 uh, Danny Bergen came in on the left side and, and Grace Bickett, I mean, ninth grader, uh, I'll tell you what, why keep an eye on that girl in the future, the hip check she laid on her was textbook. And, <laughs> and I believe she had to take that penalty because Danny was driving the net pretty good with a, with a good head of steam. And she, she flipped her up and over. And so, you know, I thought, Hey, it, it's tough to call those penalties in overtime, but I thought it was the right penalty to call at that point, but they had killed off a couple of our opportunities. So I, you know, it's not like we were going, okay, we got this because we're five on four and their goalie had been playing very well. So, you know, it, we, we got a little, uh, what's the word I'm saying? Um, a little too excited on the power play. Um, <laughs> we had all five girls below the hash marks trying to put that puck in the net, you know, in overtime and, you know, Isla rise camp, as you guys probably know, one of their best players with phenomenal speed takes off on a, on a loose puck breakaway. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm holding my breath at this point. Right. And, uh, our girl's chasing her down and rice camps pretty darn quick. And she gets just about a step, step and a half on her. And I'm thinking to myself, tripper hooker, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take the chance with the penalty shot. Right. right. And, it, from my angle, it never looked like she actually tripped or hooked her. It looked like she maybe gave her a nice stick check. But Anna came out and made a poke check on the play. And it looked like Rice Camp's momentum kind of fell over the goalie. And, you know, at that point, they, their bench went obviously haywire, right? right. Um, they wanted a penalty. And I've had some people say, hey, yeah, it should have been a penalty. And I've had other people say, no, it shouldn't have been a penalty. I've watched it a million times. I, I don't know. I mean, it, I guess it could go either way. What if I argued it to be a penalty if I was their coach? Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> sure. But, you know, looking back on it, it, it was one of those things in the moment that, you know, I guess the ref made the decision that he thought was the best decision at that point. And, but, you know, at that point, we, we thought when they gave them the bench minor and – um, you know, it, it was pandemonium and it, it gave our girls a chance to rest for, I, I don't know, Peter, how many minutes was it? Oh like my gosh, five, it was six, a, it was a five minute break while they tried to decide if the coach had like to leave eternity. the bench, if the coach had to leave the building, who was going to serve the minor penalty. And I remember thinking to myself, well, you're giving Lowry, Bergen and Brunette a lot of time to suck down water and get, uh, and get ready for the next shift. And I had a view of that play by Hanson from the opposite side. And I saved four of my pictures 
and she got just puck. She didn't touch Rice Camp. That and, right? Rice Camp what? just That's went awesome. down. Yeah, and I mean, and if, would, if I was the Orono coach, yeah, I'd be screaming for a penalty because sometimes you can convince a referee with a big enough reaction that there should have been a penalty called. But you're not going to get a call against a goalie on a poke check, not in overtime. Right. No way. Goalies can pretty much do what they want as soon as they leave that crease, for better or for worse. Right. You know, because they are, at that point, untouchable. They're not, you know, you can't touch the goalie. In fact, you can call a penalty on the player if they don't try to avoid the goalie. Right. So, yeah, that's I, I'd love to see those pictures for sure because, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the camera work is kind of grainy, you know, from our YouTube and whatever else, and we didn't get a good, you know, great angle of it. But, yeah, I thought Anna made, I mean, she's done time and time again for us all year long is made that huge save in those pivotal moments to give us an opportunity to win a game. So yeah, I mean, it was awesome. So yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say going back to it, you know, yeah, we, we had a ton of rest and, and at that point we told the girls, you know, we'd call them over then they went out, we called them over again and it was, we designed a play and said, girls, we got this. All we got to do is finish right now and it, it's ours. And so we win that draw and um, Brunette sends it back to Danielle, uh, to Bergen, and she sends it over to Laurie for the one-timer. And then that girl takes the puck in the knee, and now we've got another delay. You know, I felt yeah. terrible for the girl. She took it on the, you know, on a soft spot with no padding. And so now we got another delay. So it was like, oh, man, I mean, the, the, uh, the pressure and kind of anxiety that was creeping on was pretty intense. And then, you know, we win the face-off out of the zone, you know, when they finally drop the puck again. And we were able to make, you know, two nice cross-ice passes. And then, you know, Brunette had a great shot on net to start. In fact, it looked like it was going to go five-hole. And it just so happened, like, it, it just went right to the sidewall where our, you know, one of our senior captains, Dylan Grills, was. And she moved it up to Laurie real quick. And Laurie told me, she goes, Coach, I don't remember touching that puck. And then Laurie <laughs> tapped it back to her. And then Bergen's coming in on the, on the far side ready for a one-timer. And then Grills just hits you know, um, Burnett right in the slot and she just buries it. And it was like, I mean, obviously we went absolutely crazy and we're like, this is the coolest thing ever. So yeah, it was incredible. It was, it was a very surreal night. I'll tell you that it was, it felt like it was the longest game of eternity. I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, if it was going to be one of your players scoring a goal, it's a good bet. It would have been Jenna Lowry, Danny Bergen, or Danny Burnett, the trio that is combined for by my very poor mathematical calculations, about 70% of your team scoring this season. As a coach, do you ever worry about those players running out of gas and some players behind them maybe not being ready to fill the scoring role because they haven't had to all season? Yeah, you know, I, you know the, that's been the biggest thing as people talk about a lot is, you know, that our, our, our three-headed monster line produces all uh, the majority, if not all of the, you know, the, the scoring, but I will say this, our, our second line, that group of, you know, and it's really four girls that kind of rotate in there. They have, they have risen, they have taken their game to a whole new level. I mean, they know they are a defensive minded uh, group of girls first. And I'll tell you what, that group has, I, I'd have to go back and check the stats. They have given up very, very few goals when they are out on the ice. In fact, the majority of goals, and I could go back and look, have been scored against our top group because they get so offensive-minded sometimes. So I think really, you know, to kind of answer your question, 
we have got some scoring out of the second line, but it's because they're so focused on shutting down teams, you know, top lines, because a lot of people will match up their top line against our second line. So really it's a credit to those guys that they're, they, they, they know their role and they play it extremely well. So, and, you know, I look back and a lot of people go, well, are you ever going to split up the two or, and, or split up the three and put two in one line or whatever? And our mentality, or I guess our mindset or philosophy is, hey, this is one of the top lines in the state. If you can shut them down, go for it. Congratulations. Because <laughs> in the past, sure, they've been able to shut down Danny and Jenna in games. But now you add that third element of brunette in there. And it's like, well, now who do you pick? Because if you shut down these two, the other one's going to find an opportunity. And and that's what we've seen happen this year. So it's, you know, outside of Gentry um, in, in the Blake game. And Blake truly was an emotional letdown after we, you know, came off of beating Breck for the first time ever. But, you know, outside of Gentry with their depth, um, teams have had a tough time shutting down our top line and they're having a tough time scoring on our second line. So, Well, you kind of answered that question that, 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 that I had all set to go. I was going to ask you, like, who is an unsung hero on, on your team? And you kind of you answered that question right there. So that's – I love how you – you know, we, we, we talk about one player because obviously we talk about that top line. But, you know, that unsung hero sounds like that entire second line is your unsung hero. My – Right in that assumption? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I had one player in mind that I wanted to bring up as well, but I think you're definitely right. It's a, that four girls on that line are all unsung heroes. And then to, to point out a specific individual, I got to say Anna Hansen. You know, oh. that goal, our goaltender, you know, she, she split time last year with a senior, right? And she was really developing her game. And then the biggest thing was, she went to boot camp as a junior in high school uh, and she was in South Carolina for 10 weeks and she was stuck there longer than she was supposed to be because of COVID. But, you know, she went there and and came back completely physically and mentally stronger than it was. It was insane. The transformation that took place and for, to see her growth from last year to this year is just, it's unbelievable because she has bailed us out of a lot of situations. She's made big saves um, and you know, she makes a lot of the save, all the saves she's supposed to. And then, you know, she makes those big saves on a breakaway or on a two on one that, you know, gives us the opportunity to, to stay in games or, you know, to kind of change the momentum a little bit. And, you know, and then I'll, I'll tell you what, I, there's another group of unsung heroes. As you guys know, we, we really only play two lines and, and, you know, five D and, but we've got a full bench. I mean, we got 20 girls there and there's a lot of girls that don't always play a lot until we get up in a game and their, their attitude and their energy and their, you know, willingness to support and cheer on that team is it's unmatched. And it's a, uh, it's a special thing because you know, a lot of teams don't get that. <clears throat> you get, you know, girls that are going, well, I should be playing or I want to be playing. And these girls know, Hey, our time will come. We're here to support the girls that are out there and they're loving every minute of it. So Ultimately, I, we got a lot of unsung heroes for sure. Wait a minute, this is groundbreaking. Are you saying that if everyone buys in to what the coach is selling, that a team can have success? Absolutely. Oh, sounds like a my world just got shattered. A right thirty there. for thirty documentary right there. <laughs> <laughs> what if I, I told you? <laughs> go go ahead, Dave. No, I was just gonna say, you know, this is something that we've been trying to install since day one, our coaching staff came on was a culture that, you know, we're going to play who we believe gives us the best opportunity to win. 
And, but everybody's got a role on the team and no one's more important than the other one, whether you're the top goal scorer or you're the fourth line center. And these girls believe in it. And, you know, it's a, it's a testament to their, to the, to how they were raised by their parents and to the community and, you know, the support that the community and everybody else has. I mean, it's, it's been a special thing. I mean, to be a part of, I'll tell you that I feel honored and privileged to be a part of it. Well, you're a part of it more than most people might know. For those listening, uh, Danny Bergen, one of the Wildcats' top players, is Dave's daughter. There aren't a ton of parent coaches at the varsity level. How do you balance being coach with being dad? Uh, that's a tough one because uh, there's been times at home where, where wife, ma, mom and wife steps in and says, hey, you're not coaching at home. You aren't coaching the other kids at home. So we, we leave it at the rink. We really do. You know, and, and the tough time is, you know, I'm probably tougher on my daughter than anybody else. Um, but we, we've, we've learned over the years, you leave that at the rink and you do, you talk other stuff at home. And that's been pretty much our key to, you know, my daughter and I's relationship to making sure that it's positive is not having those hockey talks at home. If you get what I'm saying. I do. One last question about your daughter. Bigger moment, winning the section title or watching Danny play at the IIHF Women's World Championships? You know, I'll tell you what. I mean, I I, I was there at the IIHF and I was, you know, a fan and, and it was incredibly insane. And I mean, talk about a special moment and opportunity. But to, to kind of try to put it into work, to be on the bench you know, with the team you've coached, you know, the majority of these girls since they were, you know, little kids and to have your daughter a part of it. I mean, that was a, that was definitely the most special without question. All right, let's talk about that this weekend coming up. I know it's been special and, and you've been talking about all the community and the team and everything. So we're going to ask the million dollar question to you, Dave. Why does the Wildcats win the championship this year? You know, I think I touched on it just a little bit ago. It's because we got a special group that everybody's bought in to what we're trying to achieve. And these girls know that, you know, hey, yeah, we're going there to have fun and it's going to be an experience and we're going to create memories for a lifetime. But they know we have an opportunity to to do well in it. You know, Chisago Lakes has never had a team, boys or girls, ever seated in the tournament. They've never had a team win in the first round of the tournament. They have the girls do have two consolation championships, but the girls have a mentality this year that they know we have a shot on any given night. If we've beaten Breck twice in one year, we can beat just about anybody. And so I think that's given us that drive and motivation to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, Gentry, you know, one, we got to get through Mount West Tonkin, number one. And, and we go game by game, day by day. But if we can get to Gentry, obviously that's going to be a tough test if Gentry gets through as well. Um, and, and then it's not an easy road there. You get through that one, you got War Road or Proctor Hermantown. So it, it, it's a gauntlet for sure. Um, but I'll tell you right now, every girl believes that we have a chance to win it. So now we just got to go out and, and prove that we can. Wonderful. That was awesome. We wish you the best of luck this coming weekend, Dave. Thanks for coming on with us. Uh, I'm going to hit the uh i'm gonna hit the record off button and then we'll say our final goodbyes all right sounds good thanks for having me guys i really appreciate it all righty thank you thank you coach